Hey guys, it's Giselle from Asian Pop Weekly. You're listening to Everywhere and Nowhere on Indigo. Hi, Andy. Great to have Hi, you Giselle. on the show. Um, Great can to you be quickly? Here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, could you kind of introduce yourself a little bit to our audiences? Yes. So, so, so my name is Andy Yo, and I'm a songwriter and guitarist currently based in Sweden. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just released my debut album. It's called Hapar Villa, and mm-hmm. it's named after the theme park in Singapore. And I work a lot with music that's uh, based on and contains a lot of improvisation. For example, my my album r- would probably be categorized as jazz to most mm-hmm. listeners. But I, I jump a lot creatively between different genres. For example, I, I've written a, a lot of electronic music and techno for dance companies. And I also sing in a post-punk band called called Darkling. Cool. And so musically, there's a lot of different things going on. Right. And on top of that, I also do like a lot of visual stuff. I usually do all the artwork for my d- different projects and some videos and animations and things like that. So you, as you mentioned, you're a guitarist with Singaporean and Swedish background, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. when was like the last time you were back? And like, what are some of the key memories you had of being in Singapore? Like, did you come back? For like long periods at a time or was it mostly like holidays kind of thing yeah usually when when i go there uh i try to stay like a minimum of minimum of a month and nice. more than that so nice anything less than that is it's not worth it i feel <laughs> um but <laughs> that's very yeah, long so. i would say for like for singapore because a lot of people think that it's like yeah oh, just know. a three four day kind of place so that's really interesting yeah. Because I know, like a lot of my cousins, when when they travel abroad, it's like so brief because they don't have that much mm-hmm. vacation. But but as a kid in Sweden, you always used to have like two months for summer vacation ah, from school. I see. So we mm-hmm. always used to go and and stay the full months. Nice. Uh, oh yeah. Cool. So yeah, I, I was I was back in two thousand and eighteen last. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I, I've been wanting to go ever since, but it's it's been hard for obvious reasons. Yeah, I mean yeah. now it should be a little bit easier, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. So, um, yeah. Um, hopefully, I can go some sometime this year. Hopefully. So, um, yeah. why the particular interest with Hopa Villa? Like, was it a place that you used to visit a lot? Yeah, like like when I was a kid, we we always used to go there. It's always been like some kind of like key location. Like every trip, we had to go to Hopa Villa. Oh, wow. so it kind of kind of became like some kind of tradition mm-hmm. and like still to this day if i'm in singapore if i don't go there the trip just doesn't feel complete wow Somehow. yeah what is it so, about that place was it just like a a ritual thing that you guys just always <clears throat> went there and you feel familiar with it or was it something about that park or like the you know culture or like the statues the weird statues that really drew you guys to it yeah, I mean, nowadays I kind of maybe have a different view of it. You view mm-hmm. of it because I I just think the park is so beautiful with all the hand painted painted sculptures and some are really weird, but in a in a yeah. really good way I think. Yeah. And uh, it has such a beautiful atmosphere and uh, and um, but when I was a kid, I have really vivid me- memories of going there and there used to be like a, an acrobatic show in the theater. Mm-hmm. Oh and wow! I have really, strong, really strong memories of that, and you know there were were like characters from all the Chinese legends walking around in costumes and you could take pictures with them. And, wow. And I, I really used to love like the Monkey King and things like that. Yep. So so yeah, I, I just have a lot of strong memories and, and it, it's kind of like some kind of grounding thing like going to Singapore. I always have to go there. It's like some kind of anchor in a way. And 
Oh, yeah. I see. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, really interesting. I as I didn't know that they used to have like those um like acrobats and all those things happening. But um, yeah. I'm curious to know as well, like, because you mentioned that you've you know these songs have come about across like a ten year span, and mm-hmm. you've been involved in lots of different projects um during this time as well, right? So mm-hmm. can you um share a little bit about like how you started? to become to get into like the music industry or like the creative industry mm-hmm. um yeah yeah so I, I i remember since when i was quite young i saw, I saw the movie the crow on tv do you know mm-hmm. which movie it is With is it the scary Lee. one <laughs> yeah it's a bit scary like quite okay. goth and i think dark. i've i've heard of it but i've not watched it yeah so like i was I always watched Bruce Lee movies since I was mm-hmm. really young because because my my dad's like a martial artist so it was oh, what wow. was offered in the house so so we always used to watch Bruce Lee movies so so from that I kind of found out about the crow because it's his son who plays the main character mm-hmm. and there's this amazing scene in that movie where he, where he's like playing electric guitar on like a burning rooftop and it's it's just amazing so mm-hmm. from that moment moment on I, I wanted to play guitar. And wow. uh, then it kind of took a few years before mm-hmm. I really started playing guitar. I, I played violin for a few years and played mm-hmm. some drums. And, but then I really started getting more into guitar and, and that type of thing. Cool. So basically, like, even how you started getting into music is very inspired and influenced by your heritage as well. Because, like, mm, Bruce definitely. Lee is a cultural icon, right? Definitely, yeah. Wow. I think, but, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yes, because um, yeah, as I said, like my my dad's a martial artist as well. So I think also from martial arts, there's a lot from from that that kind of spilled over into many, like many aspects of my life, like mm-hmm. like the music and like how I practice and like the discipline and and uh, something about like dedica- dedicating dedicating right. your life to something and and uh, yeah. Cool. That's like a, a really interesting combination. So, did your dad teach yeah. you martial arts when you? Yeah, it's like uh, uh, since I was really young, we we started practicing martial arts. Arts. Mm-hmm. It, it was actually like the way we played at home. It was like mm-hmm. through sparring. learning martial arts. Yeah, yeah, sparring and and, and pads and and everything. Cool. Yeah. What kind of martial arts does he do? All like does he do all kinds? It's he's a taekwondo grandmaster. Oh. So so he he came to Sweden in, in the late seventies to teach and uh, from there on my my mom started training and uh, yeah ah uh, the rest, the rest is history, history. <laughs> yeah awesome mm. so he's Singaporean he's Singaporean exactly. ah got it got it mm. so I I think that's such a cool like concept and I can totally see how um you know your culture is really ingrained into your music and. Mm in such a way um would you say that it's rare to find musicians such as yourself in sweden as well who have this kind of background who's making this kind of music yeah yeah i think yeah i I think maybe it is uh uh, i definitely feel that there's something unique about like my mix of culture and the style Mm. I I play I think, and cool. uh, also I do I do like have some some kind of plans in in the future to like maybe do it even take it even further further. Mm. For for example, I've become really inspired by like Beijing opera and the mm. per- percussion they use, mm. and I, I love those rhythms. So I want to like incorporate that somehow. And also I, I have an uncle who sings 
really good. He, he sings a lot in Mandarin. He's like, oh, he nice. does a lot of busking in Singapore. And I, okay. I want to try to, to like, That's to really like cool. get him into the music song. Yeah. Awesome. That You must have like a very like um, creative family, I feel. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I, and I can definitely tell from like, I really enjoyed reading the stories about each of the songs as well. Like you shared a lot mm-hmm. about that on your Instagram and stuff. Um, can you share a little bit with our listeners? Like, what is your favorite song on the album and mm-hmm. like the story mm-hmm. behind it? Yeah. So uh, I think it can be kind of hard to choose because it, it can depend on the day and my mood. But if I have mm-hmm. to choose, uh, I think I'd say, and maybe Snake Eyes because it's, mm. it's a song that I really love to play. Mm-hmm. And it's a track that, that I dedicated to my dad, actually. And the title refers to us both being born in the year of the snake. And my dad in 1953 and uh, me in 89. And uh, yeah, I guess I, I don't know what it's like for you, but sometimes I just ref- reflect on like, because being from two cultures, I can some sometimes kind of see how like different cultures kind of show affection to each other. And mm-hmm. I feel like maybe some of my Swedish friends and and in some other cultures, I know that, that people are kind of more verbal with their affection and, and kind of really physical, but I feel like uh, maybe in Asia and Singapore, there are other ways that, that you show affection, like with actions and how you, like you take care of each other in other ways. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my, my dad has really always been there for me and been, been really important in my life. And like still t- to this day, I mean, I'm a grown man, but he'll still come knocking on, on my door with like cabbage and tofu because he knows what it's what I love to eat. So, so yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, he's he's just he just always goes out, out out of his way to make my life easier. Like even if I try to say I don't need his help, he'll be there for me. So, mm-hmm. so I guess this was kind of my my way to try to show gratitude and affection to him because it yeah, it can be really hard to to express mm. those those things even to the people who are the closest so yeah Yeah, definitely I think um different as you mentioned like different cultures show affection in different ways and I feel Mm. like in Singapore it's not very um, (laughs) or in Asian culture you know it's very uh subtle like you there are very few families that will say oh hey I love you man like give you a hug or whatever you know it's more about like oh have you have you eaten yet or like giving you your exactly, favorite food exactly. until you tell them I don't want to eat this anymore you know that kind of thing so that's really exactly. beautiful yeah that that yeah. you have that connection with your dad and you wanted to put it into a song yeah Thank you. and you mentioned yeah. I mean you mentioned that your Instagram handle is Hokkien Snake which I find mm-hmm. very interesting because I'm guessing mm-hmm. snake is because you're born in the year of the snake exactly, and, exactly. and is your father Hokkien like yeah yeah ah nice yeah exactly exactly yeah that's really as in i i found that really interesting because uh you know usually the west um people don't really go down to like the nitty-gritty of like your Mm. your heritage and like Mm -hmm. for myself like i actually grew up in australia but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when it was only when i came back and started living in singapore that i started delving a little bit more into um, not just me as a Singaporean, my identity as a Singaporean, but mm. like my identity as a Hokkien person because my family is also Hokkien. Oh, because okay. sometimes my, you know, people would tell me like, oh, you know, like you eat so Hokkien, like <laughs> your your taste is so Hokkien. And I'm like, what does that even mean? I'm not really sure, you know? So then yeah. I, I found it really interesting that, you know, it seems like it's a very big 
part of your identity. So um, I just wanted to ask a little bit more about that. Like what role has Hokkien culture played in your life? Yeah, I guess I I do feel some kind of, yeah, like pride to to be part of this kind of culture in a way, like in Mm -hmm. in a wholesome way, I guess. And uh, um, yeah, and and I do think like like the Hokkien culture and Hokkien vibe is something unique and something special. Mm -hmm. And... uh, yeah and um yeah i mean i think um it's very intangible though like i i feel like mm. it was very hard for me to grasp like what it actually means to be hokkien yeah. whereas i like, think what would like, you say what are some key like key elements of, of it do you speak hokkien um a little bit because my grandfather tampo, can't speak tampo. english yeah tampo, tampo. <laughs> yeah yeah that's a very good question I don't know. Like you can think about that too, because I, I yeah. for me, it's like there's there is something though. I feel yeah. Like I mean, it started for me because like my auntie was asking me like, oh, she was telling me as I mentioned like mm. you're very Hokkien in the way you eat, and she said mm-hmm. I said why is that, and then she said oh because you like to put a lot of like sauce like in your food like in your rice like mm. you can't have food mm. with oh, yeah, rice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. So she told me that. Exactly. And then she yeah. told me that, like, you know, sub- certain people, like, for example, if you're Puranakan or something, then you like to have yeah. your food another way. Um, yeah. Like, like, and you like all those different, like, spices and things like that, which I don't really like. Actually, mm. I'm also, like, a quarter Puranakan, but I, I'm okay. not, I think I'm more Hokkien in the way I eat, according to her. Yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah. And then, I guess it's, it's really about, like, just bits and pieces that my family mm. tell me. So, like, sometimes mm. they'll... Um, just share a little bit oh like you know this is just what we do you know <laughs> yeah 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 so exactly. i can so, definitely relate relate yeah yeah so i don't know especially the thing with the, the sauce in the rice is, is yeah i love sauce really in my rice <laughs> as much as everyone possible. else is like oh it keeps commenting when i eat wait <laughs> yeah when yeah I, yeah yeah so yeah. i think maybe food is a very important differentiator definitely. because definitely like for people who are cantonese people who are hakka mm. they all have like different mm. kinds of food but i mean yeah. i don't really talk about this with people a lot so i don't yeah. know if my if my observations are accurate <laughs> but I, I, yeah i think i think there are especially because it's your it's your kind of how you perceive it so i think mm-hmm. so and, and also one, one thing that, that i maybe reflect on reflect on sometimes is, is because and why it's so important to me is because like being a child of two cultures, mm-hmm. like uh, I think a lot of bicultural people have this kind of strange feeling of on the one hand, you feel like you're really part of both. Exactly. But at the same time, like when I go to Singapore, people always ask me where I'm from because I don't really look like yeah. super Singaporean. And when yeah. I'm in Sweden, people will ask me the same thing because I mm. don't really look Sweden, Swedish. Yeah. So so yeah. at the same time, you kind of feel like you don't really belong anywhere. Like you're, you're kind of your own thing and your own, exactly. you always have to navigate this you have to nav- navigate this kind of identity search in a way. Exactly. Uh, and I always felt like my Asian and Singaporean heritage was a, like a big part of me. So mm. I guess I was always drawn to that and kind of had had, had to like find little ways to to nourish that part and kind of keep it alive. Definitely. Me, I, I mean, guess. I guess yeah. it's like maybe a little bit tiring as well. Like you have to keep <laughs> explaining yourself when that is your identity. Like it's what you, mm. you know, resonate with the most. And I can... Mm totally relate because like basically the show everywhere and nowhere is titled as such because of my heritage like as a third Mm. culture kid like I feel like 
I'm everywhere, but I'm also like mm. nowhere at the same time. But I guess for yeah. me, because I look clearly Asian, so like when <laughs> I'm in Australia, like people um do some of them they can tell that I'm you know I have an accent so they're like oh you know are you from Singapore are you from wherever and I'm like you know what I live I've lived here for like over half my life like yes just just because I have an accent doesn't mean that I am not like a really like I don't have significant experiences in this country and then moving back to Singapore as well like I feel it's the other way around like because I do have like family here so they'll uh, very immediately assume that I know a lot about Singapore and just be like, oh, why don't you know this? Why don't you know that? I'm like, well, I just came yeah. back, you know, <laughs> you know. Exactly, so it's exactly. yeah, it's same, it's different, but the same. Yeah. So yes, I really, it can, yeah, yeah, I really relate to. So you mentioned that you haven't been back to Singapore like for quite a while now. Um, mm. guessing obviously because of COVID and stuff. But yeah. the next time that you're back in Singapore, like, what would you say is like the number one thing? that you would like to do and what is the number one yeah. thing that you want to eat <laughs> there's so much i don't know where to begin but okay, you can uh, give a couple i'll <laughs> i'll give you a okay, couple okay. yeah so 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 um really sad that they're tearing down timing timing halt uh, mm-hmm. i think at the moment so yeah. so our grandma used to have an apartment there but it got relocated to Queenstown now, so we kind of have a place there. And so I'm really looking forward to to checking that place out and, mm-hmm. and see what that's like. So I'm looking forward to that. And also, uh, I've been I've been like vegan for for like 16 years. So there's yeah. like so much Singaporean food that, that I've been missing. Uh huh. Like, yes. It's like definitely. traditional Singapore food. But but now there's there are a lot of vegan and vegetarian restaurants open opening up. I I know mm-hmm. this so. Yeah, I definitely look forward to having like like some vegan fishball noodles or meat. Pot ah, or, nice. Yeah, or some laksa. I know the Green Dot has a pretty good laksa. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to going with my girlfriend as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, like showing her all my favorite place, showing her Haparilla, of course. Yes, of course. And <laughs> and she's she's half Korean, so we're probably gonna do like some kind of little Asian tour. Tour. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Cool. I think that's it for our time today. Thank you so much, Andy, for sharing, you know, your story with us. I'm so happy that we got this chance to catch up. Yeah. Do you have anything else you wanted to share with our listeners or, you know, plug your socials or anything like that? Yeah, my my Instagram is Hawking Snake, as we said. (laughs) So uh, you should keep keep uh, people updated there and yeah I think and my album is called Hapa Villa it's on all streaming platforms and so on so uh, it's been great being here thank you for having me thank you Andy hey guys it's Giselle from Asian Pop Weekly you're listening to Everywhere and Nowhere